1: back again for another week of this podcast this week i'm going to be joined by this guy. this guy says he's a diehard dolphin fan but he also knows a little bit about all sports not just the miami dolphins i want to welcome rick to the show this week rick how you doing and welcome to the okay my dude how you doing well all right all right everybody um, the, get it. Let's get it popping. Let's get it popping. I'm doing good, man. But before we get, um, you know, we, we both are Dolphin fans, and before we start disagreeing about QB17, that is what I call him. I do not call him by his name because I don't think he's a real quarterback. He's a wide receiver. Mm. Mm-hmm. Before we get into okay. that, before we get into that, I want to talk about the, the NBA playoffs. What's going right on going on right now in the conference finals between these two teams. Um, let's just get to San Antonio and Cleveland. I mean, I'm sorry, get to Cleveland and Golden State. I said this when Durant signed last year. This is just not going to be – there's no drama. What is your take on the, on the playoffs this year?
0: Well, like the uh, the new nickname has come out, it's turned into the National Blowout Association, these playoffs. And uh, these series, this particular series, it's going to par. But I do believe, of course, if a if, uh, dude hadn't got hurt, if Kawhi that guy and they got hurt, it could have been a more interesting series for this Golden State and San Antonio. It could
1: have been it could have been, but what, don't you think it just would have been just one game? They just would have got one game if Kawhi would have been okay, that's
0: all. But they would have got that split though, and that's what you need as the road team and the underdog, you have to take one on the road and then when you get home, because we know that traditionally Golden State has always struggled down in San Antonio. Not saying that that would have continued during these playoffs, but it would have made it more interesting had they went into game three tied one to one in my opinion.
1: You you're right. They did struggle. they do struggle down there and they did struggle for a little bit in the first half, um, in game three. But again, don't state has just too much fire power and they got I mean, three guys they can absolutely light it up, although Clay is struggling. Uh, in the playoffs, but the other two guys are absolutely balling, and Curry seems to be on a mission. That same thing everybody's talking about, LeBron seems to be playing at a different level. I think Curry's playing at that different level. Tonight, uh, the game three that's getting ready to come up is going to be back in Cleveland, or the land as they call it. The land. The land. Um, I got nothing because I'm still bitter about him leaving Miami, so I really wish this was more competitive so I can go against him, but I'm also not a fool. This is Cleveland all the way.
0: True indeed. You didn't say nothing wrong.
1: Yeah. Um, Is there any possibility that Boston can even just make this competitive with the game being in Cleveland anyway, and then IT, Isaiah Thomas, is not playing for the rest of the playoffs?
0: Oh, that would be absolutely no. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) They're about to get get the brakes beat off them tonight. Go out with the tails between the legs. I'm sorry, but it's just it's just over for them. Even if they did have Isaiah, because as shown in Boston, they just got outclassed, and and uh, there's just no no two ways around that.
1: The four letter network I call it. They came out with this thing basically saying that um, this is the perfect team. For LeBron James, the Cavaliers are a perfect team. I totally disagree because they play horrible defense, and I'm not going by what they've done in the playoffs against a one-man Raptor team, a one-man, um, pacer team, and basically a team that has no man now that I no go-to guy now that Isaiah's out. So I I don't see where all this perfect team stuff comes in. I want your opinion of that article.
0: Well, for one thing, what you said is the truth as far as Cleveland is not a defensive specialist type of team. Mm -hmm. Their whole success is based offensively. And I do not agree whatsoever, and I don't understand how they could even term them as any perfect team just because of that fact. You have to play on both sides of the ball when called upon and come next series, because I'm just going to go ahead and eliminate Boston and eliminate San Antonio, they're gonna to have to show and prove how this perfect team they are.
1: Some people think that thing's going seven, man. Somebody think some some think the NBA Finals is going seven. I say six and I say Golden State gets revenge. Just the way I see it. I
0: have, I I happen to agree. I happen to concur totally. I think that Golden State uh is built for this this particular series, this particular matchup. Uh, and a lot of people are still criticizing KD for his move, leaving to go to the team that he almost beat himself, his team, last year. I don't have any problem with it. He's a free agent. He made his choice, and that just shows how hungry he is for that ring, and he is also playing like he's hungry, too.
1: I'm with you, my and friend. And they, won't have
0: an no, they, they
1: don't, don't, don't have an answer for they him. They don't have an answer for him. They don't have it, and they know it. And LeBron, he's not a perimeter defensive stopper. Show just way too small and JR J.R. Smith doesn't play any defense, either does Cal Corver. So they don't have an answer for him. And if they put Tristan Thompson on him when they when uh, Golden State does downsize, he'll eat him for lunch too. So
0: he'll <laughs> break his ankles.
1: Yes, exactly. So let me ask you about the Miami Heat. Fourteenth um, pick, they didn't get any lottery luck. I'm not surprised. Um, the NBA doesn't like Pat Riley too much because of the way he left New York. But anyway, I'm not gonna go into conspiracy. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, they don't go down that road, huh?
1: Okay, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go into the conspiracy. But the Miami Heat do have a fourteenth pick. Doesn't make any never mind to me. I just think they just need a shooter. I, I think they just need a shooter. What is your take of possibly what the Miami Heat?
0: Well, in that area, I do happen to agree that is that is uh, an area of need. They're going to have to need somebody to open things up as, as far as offensively speaking. Um, possibly they they could uh, uh, look for a larger body too to help Whiteside out. But uh, primarily, I think they're going to look for somebody who is um, skilled on the perimeter. So yes, I do think that. Is some that's the direction that they're going to look at towards this draft.
1: Any possibility you think maybe? Because I think it's possible that they can trade to pick for a more veteran contributor. Well, know. they'd have
0: to package that now. They'd have to package that now, meaning that they would have to uh, go in a body too with that. And who would you think that might be somebody who would be part of that package?
1: I really don't know. It just it has to be somebody that's like you said is stout on the perimeter, definitely can shoot from the outside. So I'm not really sure who they could package it for because it's not enough to get Paul George. That's obvious. Indiana's gonna want a, a king's ransom for him. Um, Hayward has the right to basically opt out of his deal. Um, yes. And Gallinari, he can opt out of his deal, so they don't need to package anything for those guys because those guys can basically, you know, become free agents. So we – I don't know who they would – what they would do with the 14th pick, but I would love to see them uh, get a solid contributor and progress on the 30-11 and record that they had this year. I mean, Yeah, because
0: in the second half of the year, the way they finished up so strongly and it was uh, very disappointing that they uh, missed out uh, on the playoffs on that tiebreaker in the final night. But that just speaks to how close that they are to getting into the the, uh, the Eastern Conference uh, scenario altogether, and and I really think that they're not that far off from being a nice a nice contender once again.
1: Yeah, they're very they're they're extremely close, but a team that is really not championship quality and not championship close. We are both Miami Dolphins fans. I totally disagree with a lot of the off-season moves that the Dolphins Let's have made. get it.
0: Let's get there. Okay. This is where
1: we're going to differ. We were almost in lockstep in uh, sync in regards to the NBA and the Miami Heat, uh, but I think we're going to be vastly different in what we think about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm about, about to make that left turn. Yeah, <laughs> about to make that left turn. I am not a fan of Ryan Tannehill. I am going to make that very known, and everybody knows that already. I'm really interested in why you think Ryan Tannehill is the answer at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins.
0: Well, I do happen to believe in Ryan Tannehill's uh, skill set, but the one thing that I really like about the young man is his toughness and his perseverance because to endure what he had to go through, especially those first four years of his career, to take all those sacks and not just the sacks, people forget about it. he's getting knocked around getting hits too when he doesn't get sacked. It spoke to his it spoke to his toughness, his mental toughness, his physical toughness. And I think that he has a skill set that hasn't been fully unleashed yet, but with Adam Gase being the perfect, perfect quarterback whisperer for him, and it showed in his play last year before he got hurt. I think that Ryan Tannehill is making drastic leaps and bounds, improvements as far technically uh, on the field, as far as how he reads the defenses. He still has a ways to go, but the weapons that he has, that's another thing. He has an arsenal of weapons to choose from, and I believe that Gates solely chose Miami because of Tannehill. People forget Adam Gase was the most sought-after head coach out there the year that Miami signed, that he uh, chose Miami. And why did he choose Miami? Primarily because of Tannehill. I'm not going to overlook that fact.
1: That is definitely a fact that cannot be overlooked. You are right, Gase. He was a very hot commodity when um, he chose the, the Miami Dolphins. You are so correct with that. Here's my problem with Ryan Tannehill. First of all, the one-year starting quarterback at Texas A&M, I just thought it was a fumble-headed move to make that pick at eight for a guy who made, you know, basically was a wide receiver in college, and I saw no progression um, during his first couple of years before Gates. Now I gotta give it Gates made him, although the offense line didn't really improve that much, in my opinion. He did seem to be able to get rid of the ball a little quicker, and the quarterback clock that I guess you have to be born with, um, it yes. seemed to come better for him under Gates. Maybe Gates did things to speed up his, his clock a little bit, because I think a lot of those things, yes, the offense line was porous, but he held the ball a lot. He really held the ball a lot, waiting on things to develop, and I think Gates helped speed up the process a little bit with more uh, anticipatory. Uh, anticipation of his throws and things like that. So I give Gates his credit for his thing with Ryan Tannehill. My problem with Ryan Tannehill still is I think for the Dolphins to go to the next level, they've got to have a quarterback that's a difference maker because that is what wins uh, Super Bowls is a difference maker at quarterback.
0: Okay. I, I respect that and I will say this um, you know he had had no consistency of a system and coaches during those first four years. And that's very difficult for a quarterback of his nature. Besides he had the reins put on him. He didn't have the freedom to audible. Uh, There were many things where Ryan Tannehill didn't have the, that the quarterbacks that we would think of uh, on a higher level, had that freedom to do Mm -hmm. with Gates. Now, He does have these abilities, and it's not just Gase. Ryan Tannehill himself, he's putting in the work in the film room. He's doing what he has to do on that field and getting in chemistry with his uh, uh, fellow uh, receivers and other players on the uh, the offensive side of the ball. I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have a breakout year because – He has all the tools necessary to do so. And I have all the, I I really have a constant. One thing about Ryan Tannehill, he doesn't shy away from the situation. And people just don't give him the credit for his improvement, even statistically. And I try to stay away from the numbers thing, but he has consistently improved uh, on his numbers year to year, even with the scenario of the poorest line.
1: I think he would have made a difference in that Pittsburgh game. I don't think Dolphins have won, but it definitely wouldn't have been as bad as it was.
0: I <laughs> know, no, no two ways about it. Yes. I, I wholly agree about that. And they did say, matter of fact, that had Miami have won that game, that he was most likely going to play in that second round game.
1: What do you think about the Dolphins' offseason off-season moves? Uh, the drafting, the, the signings that the free agent signings that they've made. By Lawrence Timmons, the drafting of Charles. I think the kid's name is Charles Thomas. Um, out of Missouri, um, McMillan, kids, Davis, yes, yes. So, what is, what is your take on the off season moves and the draft with the Miami Dolphins this year?
0: Well, what I think they did address needs. I think it was surprising, and it did, it was surprised me too because there was no buzz about uh, this this guy from Missouri, Charles Davis. I had seen him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they had thought that highly of him uh to be the potential first round picker because the main uh things coming out of uh out of out of Miami were looking for the linebacker or possibly looking for somebody on the O line, somebody other than that position. However, that being said, I like what Gates did as far as what I call betting on you say about a player betting on themselves, contract-wise, well, Gase bet on our personnel when they're healthy. He says, look, we don't have to go all out and rebuild. We just have to retune. And that's what I like about what this case has done, that the players that we have, he's depending on them to show the improvement that they had when they were healthy. And he didn't have to go out and try to build, uh, uh, try to fight all these different guys, which you expect, anticipate when you get a free agent. You already think, "Is oh, going to be so many different guys?" He just got pieces, and he's counting on the guys that are already on the uh, roster just naturally improving. And I, I, uh, I really don't have a problem with that. As a matter of fact, I kind of applaud it because. It's a, it's a rare strategy, and he's gambling. There's no doubt about it. It's gamble, and I like that gamble. That, that shows a lot about him as a head
1: coach. You think, I agree with you. It seems like he is putting a lot of his stock in, the guys that he already has, and he just added pieces. I agree with you. Uh, Timmons wasn't a splash. Uh, the draft picks aren't really a splash because if, if they really wanted a linebacker that was a difference maker, Reuben Foster was on the board, and they did not take him, I was stunned. I'm telling you, I was stunned that they did not take this guy. I thought this guy was a sideline, a sideline player in college um, and playing at Alabama and playing against the best competition in the SEC. I think it is proving that he could make the transition. not saying it's a definite because nothing's ever a definite in the draft, but it showed that he does have the ability to make the transition to the next level. Um, McMillan, he's just like the Misy kid to me. Um, it's the same player, uh, no coverage skills, definitely can, can plug the run. But what is Timmons there for? He's not. The same, he does not have the same speed he had um, years back in Pittsburgh. Um, Alonzo had a great season. Can he duplicate it? He's never had, you know what I'm saying, con- continuous success. That is the question. So can yes. he continue it? That's the main thing right there. So hopefully that happens. And we all know the secondary is just a question mark. Big time, and the, the the standard bearer is the five-time Super Bowl champion uh, New England Patriots at quarterback with Tom Brady, and we oh. got to put pressure on him. And you can't expect an Adama to beat three guys by himself, and you and his tackle partner only has one on one, and he can't even sniff at Brady.
0: Well, this is why this this does speak to the reason, um, and 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 looking back after the fact, why they did uh, select the kid Davis from Missouri because that is uh, a specialty of his. Uh, an edge guy, we need to take those bodies, like you say, off of Sue. Again, some of the guys that we have um, that they resigned, signed branch for one, they're going to have Jordan Phillips. He's going to have to step up because he's got the size, he's got the natural physical tools but now they're going to have to be able to gel as that unit up front because that's going to set everything off for those linebackers and for that secondary. If they can apply that pressure, that's going to change up the whole defensive scenario for the Dolphins this year. And one guy that we didn't mention who uh, thankfully is back and he is uh, truly one of the top, I'd say top three uh safety to the game is Rashad Jones.
1: Oh yes. Having yes. him back. Yes, Jones Jones would be he would have been a difference maker too. Him getting up but the team was banged up. I mean they they limped into the playoffs really to be honest with you. Um they were they really caught a lot of breaks down the stretch, but they were really a banged up squad. I think Maxwell, Howard, uh Lippett, I think yes. Lipid really surprised me um how he was able to make the transition from being a wide receiver in college, although they took two years to develop his cornerback skills, but he, he didn't make the transition. I mean, the kid plays solid ball in the second half of the year. Um, I don't know what they expect out of the kid from Clemson. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I just don't. I mean, this has got to be one of those situations where the Dolphins scouts know more than what we see, what we've seen of him. Let's put it that way.
0: Yes. And we're going to have to trust in that knowledge of theirs, because some of these guys and and as fans, we often have uh unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of of the of the newly drafted guys. A lot of these guys, in particular like the guy you just mentioned, Tankersley mm-hmm. from Clemson, mm-hmm. these kind of guys are gonna be put in packages. They're not gonna be uh of course, you know, the mm-hmm. ultimate goal is to be a starter, but you have to have role players on a team mm-hmm. and players have to know their role. And I believe these are some of the type players that we have drafted this mm-hmm. year who are going to get on that field, and, and but only in those situations. So we don't have to depend on them uh, as far as the majority of the game, but in certain nickel-and-dime packages, that's their time to shine.
1: I think the only guy that's really going to end up being an everyday starter is Nick Miller. He's a linebacker. I think he's the only one. I think he's the only he, – I, I think he'll be the only every-down starter. Uh,
0: oh, defensively, you know yeah. – um, Let's let's go offensive side though. I have I have a good feeling and I have high expectations uh, for the, uh, the young tough guy out of Utah, uh, mm-hmm. Isaac Asiata,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's a, supposed to be a road grader type, mm-hmm. uh, which is you're gonna need that for a train, Drake. Williams and whoever else is going to be in that rotation and also protect the Tannehill because that's going to be key getting back to Tannehill, keeping him upright and, and and letting him have that extra one or two seconds to scan the field and make his call, because that is something that he hasn't had the luxury of having very much so far in his career, to be honest.
1: Well, as good As they may improve, and if Tannehill doesn't improve, the schedule just may not show it because it's brutal. That's a brutal stretch. That's a brutal, brutal schedule on paper. As far as I see with the Miami Dolphins, Um, it's tough, man. This ain't (laughs) this ain't gonna be easy. This ain't gonna be easy this year.
0: I can't sugarcoat it. I try not to get caught up in it, Mm -hmm. and because I just say this, I say the schedule is what the schedule is, and. As a winning team, and I don't care how they won. I don't care. People get caught up in the style for it. This is not the NCAA. The NFL, it's a fine line between winning and losing. And to get that taste of it means all the difference in the world. As far as Miami making those playoffs, and they made it with two weeks left. They didn't just sneak in. They made that. They had they had two weeks and made it in week fifteen when they beat Buffalo.
1: They sure did it. They just could have just improved it with you know by beating New England. But New England, as they proved in with their Super Bowl run, they they just were they were just peaking. They found to peak uh, during that time. So, you know, I'm I'm a Dolphin fan. Like I said, not a fan of the quarterback, but I will support him. I hope that he does play better. I'm not gonna hold my breath on it. But I, but I hope okay. it, for me that he shows the consistency to get this team, you know, to improve on that 10-6 and six record and to succeed in the playoffs. Again, New England is the standard bearer. They went and got better. They got the number one quarterback in free agency. Without question them, they did. They got better. And then they went and then New Orleans just gifts them a doggone receiver. I
0: mean, which I don't understand that. Yeah. Because they they whiffed on it the first time, so I thought it was done. They tried to get in that first time, but they they were hungry for him.
1: Yeah. They
0: got their man, they wanted him.
1: Well, again, the way to beat Brady, the Giants showed it when they beat them twice in the Super Bowl, and um, Atlanta showed it for at least the first half and some of the third quarter is got to get him on the ground and make him uncomfortable. That's what the Dolphins have yes. to do. They have to get, and, generate a pass rush to stop breaking.
0: And we're going to hope that, that is, uh, that's going to uh, translate uh, onto the field in, in the pick that we made and the signings of our own players and the natural improvement because all eyes will be on, on us for uh, – not signing some of those guys that people wanted. Uh, the guy from Buffalo, they wanted, his, uh, what's his name, Zach, was Zach Brown or something? Zach Brown,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they, they wanted him. Yeah. Uh, like you say, not signing. I understand because I felt the same way that you did right. about the uh, Ruben Foster kid not mm-hmm. taking him when mm-hmm. he was right there for the taking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when the drama came up around him, that scared not only Miami off, it scared many teams off. You see how late he went. And there was no coincidence about that. So it really didn't have to do with his talent. It had to do with that that bum shoulder they worried about and the little uh, incident that he had, you know, in the hospital.
1: Yeah, it did. But, my friend, I want to thank you so much. It's been an entertaining 30 minutes talking to you. You can come back anytime. Just let me know when you're available.
0: All right, Well, I sure appreciate it, man. Yes, I did, and I will gladly uh, accept that.
1: All right. I want to thank him. Again, he was quite entertaining. I was a Dolphin fan. Very few people like that. And some people just blind homeless, just got board knowledge. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Rick. Okay, Well, thank you.